listening to the One Lord, One Hope, One Faith podcast. This is your host, Callan Timmons. I'm your co-host, Savannah Jones. All right. So today we'll be covering Worth in Christ and 1 John chapter 1. Okay, let's start off with Worth in Christ. Callan, you picked this topic, so why don't you tell them all why you picked this? Okay, so it's kind of a long story. Recently, me and a friend of mine, we were inspired to start this project called Your One. So um, during like my quiet time, like when I have my Bible study in the mornings, I always write out all of my prayers. And in the back of my notebook, I have a list for everyone that I pray for. And so every day, Your One, you pick one person that you know. And you pray for them, and then you remind them of their worth in Christ. And so kind of talking about this and breaking it down, um, I think it's really important because that's something a lot of people struggle with when society just tells you that you're never enough. Yes, that's definitely what I think about. Like, it's such an important issue. And especially for, like, teenagers, like our age, but I think also for, like, everyone, because, like, everybody wants to know that they're worth something. Right, because everything always is telling you you're not good enough or you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you don't have enough money, you don't drive a nice enough car, you aren't tall enough, you're not skinny enough. It's never enough. But when in truth, you're a masterpiece. And you're a masterpiece made with an incredible purpose. It's like we just started this new study on Ephesians in my youth group, and it's called, like, Identity Crisis. And he's talking about, like, how I've always tried to find our worth in, like, (laughs) in being the smartest or the prettiest or best athlete or whatever. But, like, one, you shouldn't do that. But also, there's always going to be somebody who's better than you. Like, yeah. There's always going to be somebody smarter or somebody faster or somebody prettier, somebody skinnier, whatever. So, like, I was thinking about it last night, and I read this quote from C.S. Lewis a while ago. It said something like, um, don't let your happiness depend on something you can lose. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, well, that's really close. Like, don't let your worth depend on something you can lose because exactly. you can always lose sports or you can always lose school or whatever your friends it can always be gone but if you find your worth in christ then he's never gonna leave you and i think that like everything we find our worth in outside of it most of that has been i mean like unless you find your worth in sitting in your bedroom or your house with your family 24 7 that's all kind of been taken away during the quarantine so now it's like, well, what am I going to do with my life? I'm just sitting here at home doing nothing. Like, I'm not the smartest kid at school because there is no school. And, I mean, we're both homeschooled, so. Well, yeah, but. Yeah. But everybody else. I know. <laughs> it does. I am the top of my class because I'm the only person in my class. Yeah, same. I'm a. And I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm at the top of my class because I'm the only one in it. And I was like, 
Wait, that makes me the dumbest kid in the class, too. <laughs> True. Like, you know, top goes, and bottom. You have to be everybody. Anyway, so in, um, in mere Christianity, it, there's a quote, and we constantly try to fill all of these holes, our happiness with things of this world and our worth. See, but God didn't create us with desires that could not be wholly fulfilled through him in him. And that goes the same way. Nothing you ever try to do here, it's never going to be enough because there's always going to be someone that's just a little better. But in Christ, your identity is complete. You are completed because of what he did for you. And see, like, if we go back to the purpose thing, everyone has a purpose. Everyone does. And whether they choose to live out that purpose or not, that's, that's their decision. But everyone is created with a specific purpose. And um, maybe you're, you're not as athletic or as fast or as pretty as that person. But... What if you don't have to be? Yeah, that's what like... If, what if you are whole? What if you are perfectly imperfect for the plan and the route for your life that God has? Yeah, because that's like the danger of comparison, com- comparing ourselves to other people because I, you're always going to be able to find somebody smarter. You're always going to be able to find somebody better, but you're also going to be able to find somebody worse. Because... Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're looking at it and you're like, oh, well, I'm not that bad of a person. I mean, I've never murdered anybody. But, I mean, we have to compare ourselves to Christ and be like, wow, compared to Jesus, I'm literally worthless scum. But then in in Christ, we're not. Like, he takes us and he's like, because I made you in my image, you're not. You're priceless. Like, you're my child. So I think that's, we have to stop comparing ourselves to other people because that's just something that if you start doing it, and it's so easy to. It's so easy to be like, oh, well, look what she's wearing today. Glad I'm not that person or whatever. But we have to start comparing ourselves to Christ and be like, well, did I act like Christ in that situation? One, our worth is in Christ as our as his children but even those who don't accept Christ, they still have worth because God made them in his image. Like it says mm-hmm. in Genesis something. For some reason, something want, something in me wants to say 2-3, but I might be wrong about that. But it's like God created the male and female, and he created them in his image. So therefore, like we can't just do whatever we want to other people, step on them to get to whatever we want, because God made that person, and they're made in his image. So aside from anything they do, they have value as a human being. That's that's exactly right because stereotypes are what gets me. And the example I, I use most when we talk about this is because, you know, well, they're better than me, but I'm not as bad as them, like you said. But so, you know, in everywhere, in everything, you always have the bad kids. 
Mm-hmm. The ones that don't listen, the ones that just act up, the ones who are just spiteful, right? Yes. And everybody hates on them because, well, they're being rude. But yeah. see, in the end, everyone treats them like they are worthless. But then what does that do? Like, you think that makes that better? Yeah. That just. They have as much as a, of a purpose as you do. Maybe they just haven't found it yet. Okay. You know? Yes, definitely. Anyway, guess wrap that up. Any last thoughts and we'll move on to first John one. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Love everybody always. Exactly. Today we're talking about first John one, but last week we kind of said not last week, two weeks ago in our last episode, we kind of said like the main the one of the main themes was like fellowship. And he's saying, in in this first little part, uh, I was researching this and everything, and it was like, I don't actually know the word. Something in me wants to say Gnostics, but I don't know if that's right, so don't hold me to that. But they basically were saying Jesus wasn't ever a man. Like, he was just God. But, so, oh, yeah. so then John was coming in and saying, no, he was a man. Like, he was 100% man. He was also 100% yes. God. But he was 100% man, and we right. felt him. We saw him. We, like, we heard him. And I was thinking, like, what's the importance of that? And there are still people who are like, well, no, he wasn't really a man. You know, he looked right. like a man, but he was really just, he wasn't really a man. But I was thinking, and I don't know where I heard this, but it was somebody saying, like, if, say you have 100% true gospel, like the, the truth. Well, if you add one and if you add anything to that gospel, it's not the gospel anymore. It's like, and if you take anything away from it, it's not the gospel anymore. Like God gave us the perfect gospel. So if we try to change it to just, oh, well, you know, he, he wasn't really God or whatever, right. then we're messing up what God created perfect. And I think also if like he's saying this like, oh, we saw him, I saw him, like, I walked with him, I was mm-hmm. there, I was one of his closest friends, he was like, a man, just like him. me, exactly, yeah. and he was like, and I'm telling you all of this, so that you can have right fellowship with him, because and you can have right fellowship with him, and then right fellowship with me, right. and other believers, and, you know, one of John's purposes is like, so we, we can all have full joy in mm-hmm. our fellowship with each other and our fellowship with Christ. And our pastor compared it to like the cross, how up and down line. Um, I'm doing it with my hands, but y'all can't see that. The up and down line of the cross is like our relationship with God and our mm-hmm. relationship with Christ. And if that's standing up and that's true and right, then mm-hmm. the other, the sideways line or bar or whatever you want to call it, which is our fellowship with other people, other believers, will also be right. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, he definitely, he definitely wrote about, um, like I mentioned in the last episode, he definitely wrote, he kind of pushed the fact that like he really did see him and he really did like know him and touch him. Also, fun little snippet on that. I just finished Mm -hmm. a class in communications and it was talking about 
the three different main learning styles. So uh, auditory, visual, and then I think it's aesthetic. I don't actually know how you say that, mm-hmm. but like feeling. So I just thought it was cool that John addresses his audience and he says basically like, I saw him visual. I heard him. I felt him. So like yep. all of the the three learning yep. styles. So he could like that's something that it le- right. like everyone, everyone would relate to. Exactly. Right. Because everyone, I'm definitely a, um, I'm definitely a visual learner and a hands-on learner. I don't do very well learning when it's like being read to me. Like, especially when I listen to sermons, I always put on the subtitles mm-hmm. because I absorb it better if I can read it. Yes. Um, I. But so it makes, it helps everyone relate to it. And like I said, it kind of sees us as as God and at times feel very superior and kind of um distant if you know what I mean yes like and so also in relation to John writing first John to debunk Gnosticism um it was also to kind of present Jesus as Kind of like um distant like unrelatable i think is what you're trying to say yeah he's trying to present jesus as like attainable if that actually makes sense unattainable uh unobtainable you mean no like john is presenting him as something that is attainable like oh okay i thought you were saying the gnostics were and i was like that doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah it's not only for like the pharisees or the riches like he died for everyone. Yes, and, and that's the thing with saying, "Oh, Jesus wasn't really a man. Like he wasn't real. Didn't really come to Earth." Well, you know, the Bible says somewhere. I don't know where. Sorry, y'all. I'm not a, like a theologian or anything. I can't quote them off the top of my head. But it says somewhere like he had experienced everything that's common to man. Like he's experienced everything you experience. So we can yeah. cry out to God and be like. I really hate this and I don't like how this is going or they really hurt me. Well, Jesus experienced that. He he feels your pain. Like he went through the same pain. Like he went through he was, way more pain he, than you ever will go through. Yeah. On the cross. He was betrayed into the hands of the people who are going to kill him. But one of his closest friends, like one of his brothers. And then his best friend said times in front of a crowd he didn't know it like how exactly like when you're having a bad day and a friend betrays you or they said something really mean to you like jesus gets that like he's not up there on his like throne i mean he is on his throne but we can get it anyway he's like not up there like well i mean that sounds bad but i mean i don't really know what you're going through so sorry you know like he empathizes with us and that's just one of the reasons that it's so important that he was a man but also only a man could atone for the sins of men you know yep but only god God. could bear the wrath of god so he had to be a hundred percent both in order to save us that's an excellent point i've never actually thought about that before the fact that like obviously he has to in order to like 
completely understand and take on the sins of man, but then no man alone can take on the complete um, wrath of God. Wrath and, um, like, you know, the Lord promises that he's never going to leave you. He will never forsake you, and that day he did. Yes, like, he turned his back. Which is, it's just, it's so, it's something like we can't even comprehend. Like we can't comprehend the darkness and the just absolute, what's the word I'm trying to come up with here? Like the absolute agony and like yeah. just, we've never experienced something like that. Just the way. And that's just that. us and God and even people who are like, um, no, I don't want to follow you or whatever, like, that aren't Christians. God's still there. Like, he's still present. You know what I mean? But, like, Jesus is God's son. Like, he is literally his son. And he has such a closer fellowship with God than any of us could ever have because he is God. But, and then that was just all taken away in, like, an instant. Well, yeah, an instant. Yeah, that. But also, I was thinking about also what John is saying in here about the fellowship. It's like we, as believers, like you and I and other believers, like we have special fellowship. Mm -hmm. Whereas that people who aren't saved, they don't have that fellowship with each other. Which I was thinking, it's like so special because once you actually talk to somebody and you talk to each other about Christ and you're praying for each other, You'll have, like, a special bond in Christ, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's such a blessing. I had a quick question. In verse 8 and 10, hold on. It says, if we claim, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and truth is not in us. Then we jump to verse 10, and it says, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word and his word is not in us. Okay, so um, would that be like a pride thing? Because in Mere Christianity that I'm reading right now, C.S. Lewis talks a lot about um, the only way humility can really start is once you realize how very prideful you yourself are. And so, like, if you are deceiving yourself in saying, well, I don't sin, or I don't sin as bad as that person, is that just pride? Yes, def- that I would agree with that. Um, my mom says pretty much all sins come from pride. And you can, if you think yeah. about it, you can come up with, like, wow, every sin really is a pride issue. Yeah, and it was really pride that got, it. it was pride that led Satan to sin. And pride, I think, is really the root sin. And I think what it's saying here is like pride because everybody can will look, they'll look at themselves and be like, oh, I'm a good person. I don't sin that much. But I think then they look at other people. Or I don't sin as bad as. Yeah, they then they look at other people and they go, wow, they're a bunch of sinners. Like they do so many wrong things. And then we mm-hmm. turn to ourselves and we go, but I'm the one human that's so different and so great, which really yeah. makes no sense. Like, I mean, everybody else sins all the time, but not me. Like it just. Yeah. It's so pride in that, and it's just, 
Okay. Like Don's saying like, oh, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, he's going to forgive them if we truly confess. That's what I was thinking. Like if we truly confess is the thing. Right. If you're just like, you know, say, say you hit your brother or whatever. And your mom's like, you have to apologize, Callan. Go apologize. And you're like, sorry. And then then the next day you hit him again and your mom's like, you've got to apologize. Well, and you just do the same thing. You're not really confessing. You're not really repentant. Like, it's it's just we have to truly confess. And we have to realize that, wow, I am a sinner. I'm not so perfect. Yep. Or at all. Like, and... Kind of with the true repentance thing, um, Spurgeon actually said, in the family, being the family of Christ, we have a relationship which can be broken, but it's restored when we truly confess our sins. Yes, definitely. Like, And so it's, it's like, it's obviously the same exact thing with your, like, your biological family. Like, your family here on earth, it's like, okay, so going back to the whole hitting your brother thing. If you hit your brother, then some of that trust is kind of temporarily lost. Mm -hmm. And, but with a true confession of sins and time, things can be repaired. You know, obviously it has to go both ways, but. Yes, that's, you know, that's the thing with siblings. Like, yes, you're going to fight, and but you always should be there for each other. Right. And if somebody right. else, you know, literally, you could have hit your brother the day before. The next day, somebody else tried, like, somebody who's not your sibling dressed at your brother, and you're going to stand up for them. And you're like, that's not happening. You exactly. Know, only I different. get to pick on them. <laughs> you know, like in the movies, they're like, I'm the only one who gets to be mean to him. Yeah. So also it says, it's like, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in it, in us. And I was thinking like, that's one of the ways we can tell, oh, somebody's not, you're not, that's not really a Christian. Because if they're like, oh, well, you know, I never sin. Like, then you're like, well, guess you're not saying, you know, like you should just not. I was just thinking like how that's one of the hallmarks maybe. I don't know if that's the right word there. But just something, if you see somebody and you're like, huh, well, guess I didn't know them as well as I thought they I did. Maybe right. I shouldn't trust them as much. And like, when, you, when you catch people like, you know, like, oh, I don't sin or whatever, it can go one of two ways. It can be like, well, they think they don't sin, so that's like so bad. And then, really, aren't you thinking the same thing? Yes. Other (laughs) times, it can get really convicting, and you're like, "Wait, I want to think about myself," you know. And then you really sit down and and think, and you're like, "Well, I know I sin, but do I really know I sin?" Yes, definitely. It's. I feel like without the Holy Spirit, like convicting you of them, it's so hard because your natural. You're not naturally like, oh man, I'm a terrible person. Right. I shouldn't have like done that. that every day. Like your flesh doesn't want to be like, oh wow, that wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay, I think that's everything I have. So we could head over to the random round. Do you want to yeah. go first or do you want me to? 
Okay. Um, you go first because I went first with our chat. Okay. Okay. Today's random question is: If you were a dog, what breed would you be? And please don't say a pit bull. Um, I actually had to answer this question the other day. I'd probably be like really smart, really loud, just kind of goofy, goofy dog. I don't know why, but yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, it works, <laughs> right? I don't know why it works, but it works. I just had the image of you like gathering tons of sheep every day. <laughs> yeah. So Come I, on, little but... sheepy. Yeah. Doing your little thing. I would probably <laughs> be like, I don't know. I don't know like a ton of dog characteristics. So my favorite is like a Scotty because they are just so cute and little. But, and also because yeah. they're in my favorite book series. <laughs> but other than that, I don't know, like, what traits I have that I have in common with other dogs. Yeah, I... <laughs> not I'm other dogs, I'm not... <laughs> big dogs, I think, but... Uh, I like smaller dogs. Yeah. Well, something. Okay, and then our would you rather question goes. Would you rather have to move to a new city every week or never be able to leave the city you were born in? I would have to say stay in the city you were born in. Why? Wait, like, wait, do you always have to live there or, like, you can never leave the city? Uh, Probably, like, never, like, move away. Okay, so, like, you could travel other places for a short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, I would assume okay. so. It doesn't actually specify. Okay, then definitely stay. Why? Well, because starting over is hard, and I would never want to do that. And also, moving is hard, especially yeah, with is. like moving. Such a pain. It, it is. It's the worst. It's. And I mean, like, not even like, like all the negative stuff that comes with moving. Just the physical act of moving your stuff yeah, is horrible. And, like, and if you had to do it like every. I mean, you, I, you wouldn't, you'd have, like, one box like, that you just throw yeah, in your car. Like, have a backpack. Exactly. You wouldn't ever have, be able to, like, have stuff. Like, you how would you move, move your huge you bookshelf? All over the country. And then, you would just live in a camper. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, there's no point in, like, renting an apartment for a week. And hotels are too expensive. You just buy a go camper and live in it. Yep. Go buy not Okay, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say... Stay, stay in my one city. Yeah. What about you, Callan? Um, I would probably stay. I would definitely stay. Why? Yeah. You just don't because, like campers? I mean, no, no, no. I think it's the same thing because, I mean, you would never really have time to get close to anybody. True. And that would be really hard. Like, not having anybody. The question is, could you move on. from city to, like, could you move back and forth between the two cities? Like, I mean, how close <laughs> could you possibly get with someone in a week? A week. You know, seven days, that doesn't really. I don't even think I had met anybody when we first moved in a week. Yeah, and I hadn't really either except Caroline, but she lived across the street from me, so that was kind of unavoidable. Well, yes. Unless she just hadn't brought you cookies. Our neighbor yeah, brought us did. cookies in a fruit basket. That was really sweet of her. That's nice. They were really good cookies, too. They were, like, melt-in-your-mouth chocolate ones. Mm -hmm. But anyway. I could get I cookies right now. 
I think that's everything for today. Tune in next time, and we're going to talk about prayer and 1 John 2. All right, cool beans. Bye. Bye.